This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. Welcome back. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill with Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. I really passionately believe that this show today will be valuable, but I also passionately believe it's going to be a little uncomfortable. Um, So don't turn us off. Uh, We'd like you to listen to our show. Uh, If you can't listen to it all today, listen online later today or as a podcast. If you happen to have kids with you and you don't want to hear uh, them talk about our topic, uh, human trafficking in the 21st century. Good morning, Professor Gershon. Uh, School's in swing today there. Is that right? That's right, Liz. It's great to have all the students back. I mean, I think, you know, the building feels much more alive when the, the students are back and campus is, uh, is, is again hopping. And, uh, you know, uh, there is we're going to talk about the much more serious issue of human trafficking. But, you know, one of the issues that we have here on campus is just regular traffic. Uh, and uh, but that that'll all uh, get better. But it's a, it's, a, you know, really much more fun to have the students here than not. But I got to say today, I mean, we could not have a better person on the show to talk about uh, human trafficking and and what it means. Um, I am so honored to work with Associate Dean Michelle Alexandre. Uh, She uh, is a graduate of Harvard Law School. Um, She was uh, chosen as Ebony Magazine's one of their top 100 influential African-Americans. She has been chosen by... um, as one of the most influential minority law professors, uh, she writes extensively in the areas of civil rights, including the one we're talking about today. So uh, she is a fantastic guest, and, and it's just an honor to, to have her here. Thank you, Richard. Good morning, Liz. Oh, good uh, morning, Professor Andre. We're so, Alexandre, we're so glad that you're here. I have learned so much in preparing for this show. In fact, we've been running some promos the last couple of days, encouraging people to listen. And when I was talking about human trafficking, I mentioned kidnapping. But, you know, that's just that's not necessarily part of it. Uh, When when you what do we mean when we say human trafficking? That's a good question, um, Liz. Human trafficking is a shorthand for a global international scourge and, and problem around the world. And many people don't realize that it also happens in their backyard. So human trafficking is, def- is defined under the international documents and under our own laws as the um, exploitation of um, any person to force fraud or coercion for the purpose of forced labor, involuntary servitude, or criminal sex. Um, So that would include a a number of categories, um, uh, forced labor, um, 
so labor trafficking, um, examples of people being um, uh, paid um, um, less than minimum wage and um, coerced into working or else um, being reported for different things that might or might not be crimes. Um, uh, of course, forced prostitution, children labor. But w another thing that people don't think about is that um, human trafficking also involves the trafficking of babies and children. Um, and um, this is a, uh, the third largest criminal activity, and um, it has been documenting as grossing um, uh, up to um, 150 billion worldwide, and it's um, third to counterfeiting and drug trafficking. That's how big this economy is. And it just it hurt my heart so much to read some of this information. But I firmly believe that when you can label something, when you can learn about it, when you can learn to recognize it, it just opens your eyes and hopefully our program will help others uh, you know, see it for what it is so that they could uh, help put an end to some of this for, for the, 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 the victims. Absolutely. Knowledge is power. The biggest um, reason why this um, economy thrives so well is that um, they are able to take advantage of vulnerable people, one, and two, they count on people not knowing or not caring. Um, so um, the biggest um, uh, service one can do, and I have uh, I had a class on human trafficking last semester, and, and some of our students took it upon themselves to start an anti-human trafficking organization called All Walks. So we have people trafficking, uh, we have people fighting trafficking on campus. We also have professors lending hand um, to first and foremost um, bring awareness to this issue and how it affects people in the neighboring states and in Mississippi. Well, in our show today, we hope to uh, provide the knowledge for individuals on what this is, how they can spot it, how they can report it, and also, you know, victims might be listening, and if they recognize the symptoms as a situation that they're in, we hope to give, uh, you know, information. Uh, I'll go ahead and say this once, and I'll say it a number of times. The National Human Trafficking Hotline is 888-373-7888. Now, let's, we won't get that confused with our call-in number, um, but uh, that's a national number that people can call if uh, you suspect uh, tra uh, human trafficking, and they could also give information for uh, an individual themselves. Uh, one of the reasons, when I was looking through all this information, it just dumbfounded me that I have come across this mm -hmm. uh, in uh, in the 90s, in the later 90s. I, I was at home. I was just at home, and you know there was a knock on the door, and it was a young girl, and she was selling magazines. But you know something just didn't quite seem right, and I, you know, I, I never inv I have stranger danger. But this was a young girl, and I invited her in, and I gave her something to eat. And found out, you know, she was in a van and they were dropped off in neighborhoods and they were mm -hmm. told they had to sell, uh, you know, a certain amount of product 
uh, and then the van would at five o'clock would be around to pick them up mm-hmm. and she had no control of her situation uh, no control over where she go how she ate um, and at that time in the 90s I called my church I called a couple of uh, social organizations but there really wasn't anything that they could help me help this young woman. It was on Friday afternoon. And uh, so I'm so glad there's this national uh, information. When did this, the word human trafficking become part of our lexicon? Yes, uh, this is important. So you're talking about the 90s, and this actually was not part of the lexicon in the 90s. So it's not, it doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. In fact, trafficking has been happening since the world is, was world. And I think it's important to go back to the historical roots of this problem. But to answer your questions directly, the word human trafficking and the legislation around it didn't start until 2000. Um, so we have the anti-trafficking um, treaty, um, and we have the... Uh, the the law protecting victims of trafficking act that the Department of Justice um, executes um, with various collaboration from states that I want us to talk about in terms of things we can do in in our state and, and in neighboring states. So these laws then come into play and do, uh, did not have any teeth until really much recently. So we're talking about the last 18 years and until the last 10 years we didn't have things in our law as the ability to prosecute people under RICO statute for trafficking or the ability for a victim to get some form of safe, safe harbor in their state so that they, if they report the crime, they're not criminalized for participating in the crime. Um, we're still working on, 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 on protecting th- those, those children that you just talked about. See, the problem is, is that the people who are likely to be victims of trafficking are people that society prejudge. Um, so children who are deemed to, if they are on the street, they automatically might be stereotyped as being problem children. Um, and if they come up to someone, the quickest reaction might be to just um, move real fast and not and not dwell. Um, and as you state, when you actually talk to them, you might find out that they are being um, manipulated and coerced by someone. Women who are being forced to do certain things, uh, different things under under um, extreme extreme duress um, and, 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 and you know able body and disabled individuals who are just um, we have cases that the DOJ litigated of people going to nursing home and forcing disabled individuals to work for them and they've been prosecuted but more cases like this need to come up because people need to understand that there are laws that protect these individuals so they need to be rec- able to recognize these instances as, as um, illegal And we will have on the website for this show uh, some information from the uh, Attorney General's Office of Mississippi and uh, different links for some organizations that do uh, maybe go out and uh, speak to uh, church groups or speak to other organizations about uh, the the evils of human trafficking, how to spot it, what to do to to help. Uh, One fact is that in 2001, the United States enacted the Victims of Trafficking and Violence Protection Act of 2000. Then in 2006, Mississippi followed suit with the Human Trafficking Act. And in 2013, the law was amended to prevent further 
to to further prevent and protect from human slavery. We're going to take our first break of the show. Uh, If you have a question, we will get into some specifics on how to spot this. Um, What are some behaviors that... uh, Uh, enable law enforcement to fight trafficking networks and uh, we'll get into some international issues. So if you'd like to be a part of our show, our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email, legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. We realize that not everybody has a chance to listen to our whole show live. So if you miss any of our program, you can listen to the whole show our website is mpbonline.org slash terms. It's also available on the MPB Media app, as is all our local shows. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. And our guest today is Professor Michelle Alexander. Alex Andre, and we're talking about human trafficking today. And this is something that I've been a what do you, an ostrich. Uh, whenever I've heard that this topic was going to be discussed, I might turn off the radio or I might uh, you know not go to that seminar at my church. But now that I have become aware of it, um, I really want to hope others can can learn about it so that we can help uh, put a stop, put a dent into this. Um, uh, Professor Alexandre, when we talk about uh, how this this thrives, how this um, uh, the market just uh, keeps going, is it because it's illegal activities done by people who were participating, you know, engaging in illegal activities, so nobody's going to snitch on anyone else? Um, This part of it, um, the drug cartels um, have been um, actually very active in trafficking because unlike drugs, human bodies can be used and reused multiple times. Unfortunately, that's a tragic reality. But, you know, Liz, the biggest problem is the fact that they count on human beings um, seeing this as an external problem and not a problem problem that concerns them. So when you think about trafficking affecting mostly poor people, 
Um, and um, and there's a if you in society when we think of poor people as other than us as people who deserve the fate they get, then they're more likely to be without help. So that's why some states have created reporting structures. They are co- cooperating with the federal government to help bring down uh, trafficking by training their law enforcement to be able to identify victims of trafficking. So that means anybody that they see. For example, they might stop a van and they have uh, some, you know, 17 to 18 year old in the back or adult women in the back who seem to not be able to move without the um, order or the word of the person, the people driving. And they might want to investigate instead of turning their back, thinking that, oh, this is just some some, you know, um, poor people who who, who don't have um, anywhere to go. So that kind of thing, training law enforcement and the public to recognize one of the most powerful public awareness campaign is to train even service providers. So if your cable person um, is um, coming to, to install a cable in a neighborhood and they seem, um, uh, you know, they, 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 we teach them to pay attention to the surroundings um, without being nosy, but pay attention to whether there's anyone at the window who seem um, like they are seeking help or they can't get out or, or they, they, they miming or seem like they, there's no way for them to get out. Um, trying to see if there's any kind of um, coming and going um, where there's restricting movement in that area because service providers often come to the same neighborhood. That kind of thing applies to also neighbors. Um, Being aware that um, there might be activities um, taking advantage of people's lack of access to resources, and those individuals might fall prey to predators. You've touched on uh, two really important points that I wanted to get to in this segment is um, when you were talking about some of the victims being other. And, gosh, I just don't want to – reading about some of the accounts that have happened to people is just horrendous. But then when you put it into the context, uh, these are fellow Mississippians um, that finding some connection with an individual. If you're a woman, that's a woman. If you have children and that's a child, mm-hmm. um, putting putting your human face on someone else's human face, I think, is you know a way for uh, people to be to relate to it um then you also you know talked about when i first would hear about human trafficking i thought you know well what can i do i'm not a police officer i'm not uh i don't work at a convenience store on an interstate exit but i i do walk my dog uh twice a day mm-hmm. uh you know through our neighborhood uh and you know various places and i you know as I had mentioned my story in the 90s, I was at home when someone came to my door. So I think if we are individually all aware of some of this, uh, we can be a part of the solution. So I'd like to go ahead and get into some of the indicators for uh, human trafficking. Um, what what could someone observe or if what are some ways that we can know that uh, human trafficking is is going on? Well, some of the fa- uh, signs are um, just looking for, um, um, you know, restriction and freedom of movement. Um, any indication of fear? 
um, and even if that person is out and about, whether they have they um, they have to always answer to someone else. Um, and um, so you're looking for all indication of that um, coercion. And the problem is that we often think of coercion as physical, um, but there's a deep psychological uh, um, element to the coercion that happens in modern day human trafficking, um, and and, uh, and so much of it is psycho- psychological. So you're looking for a, a psychological profile of a victim. Sometimes it's physical, like the person is trying to run away, or they're on the interstate. So we now in Oxford lives very close to a an interstate hub of trafficking. I-40 is... Um, delineated by the FBI and local enforcement as one of the major trafficking hubs. It is the case for a lot of major interstates. So we think often as Miami or New York as being major um, trafficking cities, but right in our backyard they are. So on the interstate when we see people um, in um, looking like they are in need of help or um, when poli- uh, law enforcement um, in their everyday activity um, stop um uh, uh vehicles and they and they have occupants who exhibit fear or who are um there's evidence that they are being manipulated that they are not free to talk free to move um that the people are speaking for them um those are signs that these people need to be interviewed individually to get at the bottom of what might be their issue the other sign is that um we have to overlook the initial um, um, factors that sometimes are a red airing. So that person might not be a citizen, and then the law enforcement might follow that lead, but the lead about trafficking is neglected. That person might have a criminal record of prostitution that actually indicate that they are being trafficked, but but that person, the, 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 the individual who has a record of prostitution is the one who's penalized while the trafficker uh, goes uh, free. And those are the problem in our area. Um, the other factors are young young people who are um, determined or delineated as truants. And this this goes back to your example of the 90s. We see we have found that in, in Mississippi and neighboring state, the foster care system is one of the biggest feeder of trafficking because the uh, traffickers really rely on the fact that foster care children are um, stamped as problem children. So um, they are they end up into homes where they might be prey to trafficking from their parents some of the so those are some of the tragic stories that are part of the testimonials in the United States of um, traffic victims um, or um, predators go and, and, and befriend um, individuals in the foster care system and lure them out and, and engage them into um, sexual and, 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 and human and labor trafficking. Um, and of course, um, watching for your children generally because um, when, when um, you're in a, in a world where human bodies can cost upwards of $20,000, $30,000 per person, right, you might have predators wanting to just um, take advantage of a lapse moment and, 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 and kidnap children. And, and those are all of the important factors. So um, watching out for signs of coercion, uh, people who are labeled as criminal or um, 
unwanted in society and how they might actually be manipulated under our eyes and there might be traffickers in, among us. Um, and third, watching closely for our children and other people's children. Oh, it, it, we, we do need to all take care of each other. If you have a question, we're talking about uh, the very difficult topic of human trafficking. But if you'd like to be a part of our discussion, uh, we would be pleased if you would give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four our email address is legal terms at mpb online dot org um uh, just to let uh uh individuals know um in addition to the Mississippi Attorney General's Office, the Mississippi State Department of Health has quite, uh, their website has quite a lot of information about uh, human trafficking, uh, recognizing human trafficking, and it gives resources. And uh, if you happen to be out of Mississippi, uh, if you go to humantraffickinghotline.org slash state slash whatever state you're in, you can put in that information and that will get you information for your state. That's humantraffickinghotline.org slash state slash whatever whatever your state is. Um, we were talking some more about uh, recognizing uh, human trafficking. Uh, our professor Alex Andre our, uh, from the University of Mississippi Law School uh, at Oxford talked about um, you know being near interstates. That's one thing. in in Mississippi, the the, the Memphis area has uh, quite a lot of uh, vehicle traffic. I fifty five goes straight through the center of our state. Uh, I twenty goes across. I ten goes across. So an individual may be at McDonald's, may be at an interstate rest area. Uh, Wherever you're interacting with the public, uh, we would like you to be cognizant of, you know, look at the, at those around you. Uh, it seems like social media is often, as you mentioned before, uh, Professor Alexandre, the social media seems to be quick to uh, maybe call the police on a uh, for racial reasons, uh, but not for maybe a, a nuanced for uh, for for trafficking. Um, what are some other uh, things that um, what about on the internet are there if someone is on the internet are there any ways to notice human trafficking this has been a very difficult area to fight, and um, you might have rem you might remember in April and, and May um, with the whole Facebook um, um, awareness, uh, growing awareness of, of the things that happen on Facebook and Twitter, um, the the um, federal government signed an act um, requiring some more accountability on Facebook, and um, victims of trafficking, their parents have um, been fighting for a long time to um, bring awareness and to render um, advertisers and companies who advertise on, 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 on the internet um, and to be accountable for third party activity. So the, the, the quick scenario here is um, uh, if, I don't know if you remember Backpage and, and um, these kind of sites that, that um, started or, or any kind of um, 
uh, website that starts as advertising, one danger is that you know, in the in order to maintain open advertisement, also to make money, some companies have um, increasingly allowed um, sex sex uh, change advertising. Well, over the, the decades, these um, companies like Backpage were allowing people to post advertisement and, and some uh, explicit materials involving children, and they were pleading ignorance. And you have um, cases um, brought in court by the, the parents of these victims rescued, um, really seeking accountability, not just um, from the individuals who are traffickers, but from these companies. So anyone... Um, who is on the internet and see images of children and and let me tell you when you you know the children can be anywhere from you know being their image being used in the Philippines or here we have cases of American children um, being locked in a room and being used um, uh, and forced to do sexual um, acts and being recorded and and that and their face and their bodies being not only um, just violated uh, atrociously, but being repeatedly um, circulated on the internet. And we have similar cases of um, children abroad circulating. This is one of the biggest demand on the internet is um, child pornography. And though child pornography is illegal, um, it is harder to get accountability all the way up to the companies so where where those in the websites where those pornography um, acts are being advertised um, and the companies say they're doing their best they are tr- they are trying to get um, algorithms and people to try to take down the site as fast as they come but um, in the absence of um, stricter uh, regulation to um, to make sure um, these um, these um, uh, actual companies have more incentive to to be more vigorous in preventing these. Um, we have a big loophole. All right. Well, we're going to take our next break. I, I know this is a difficult topic, but I hope our listeners will continue to listen or to go back uh, when it's convenient to listen to our whole show on the Internet. Uh, if you'd like to call, uh, if you have a question um, about what can you do, how can you help to stop, stop this abomination of human trafficking, our phone number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can also send an email to legal terms at mpbonline.org. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, what are some of the enablers and circumstances that help trafficking markets survive. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Gershon is our expert and his guest uh, at the University of Mississippi School of Law in Oxford is Professor Michelle Alex-Andre. Today we're talking about the, the... 
very depressing, very uh, sad and uncomfortable topic of human trafficking. But we hope this will not turn our listeners off. We hope that you will listen so that you can be uh, engaged and learn to recognize signs uh, so that you can uh, help put a stop to this. Um, and Liz, I, I do want to give our listeners some hope. Um, there are things we can do in the state um, because part of what we're talking about is is that when you lack a structure, uh, uh, you know, you open the segment by saying we have to name a problem. So you're absolutely right. Naming the problem and then having a structure to address it. So um, about as, as, as uh, many as 34 states have, have, have taken this seriously and, and, and created a structure that mimics the federal government, so they've created safe harbor laws for victims of um of trafficking, they work with private organizations to reintegrate victims of trafficking into the into society, um, and they um, have training programs for law enforcement to be able to recognize uh, victims of trafficking and an awareness campaign in communities. So in Mississippi, you know, we have the benefit of of, of being able to do a lot um, because we don't have any of the structures in place. Um, although we do um, have um, language on our website in in the in the in the state um, internet page. Um, we don't yet have a um, legislative structure because um, the anti-trafficking statute is not funded. So one first step would be to um, to fund um, a, a, a anti-trafficking statute in Mississippi and do like many of our sister states like Tennessee does is, is um, uh, actively bring in the, federal, uh, the FBI to help train um, law enforcement to be able to more effectively recognize trafficking and, and, and fight it and, and really fight it in its um, borders not not going after international actors but but really domestic actors and the other thing is um, really um, work to um, integrate uh, victims of trafficking back into the communities working with church organizations to help give them a job um, to help um, even social outlets to um, really erase the negative impact of Stockholm syndrome that have been that has been documented as one of the major um, factors impacting the lives of uh, uh, victims of trafficking. The last tidbit is our children are criminalized at such an early age um, that they really do once they get that criminal record at fourteen or juvenile record at fourteen and fifteen they become actively recruited and and a lot of states and our neighbor states um, focus on our on our youth and our children and give them some kind of um, forgiveness plan for being lured into these kind of activities um, and we we and work to rehabilitate them into society and those are things we can do in Mississippi and ask our legislators to do and it's, Alyssa, if I can say you know, we had a great show about restorative justice on uh, with our Dean Susan Duncan previously and it seems to me it's exactly what Michelle is saying. If we could uh, get stu- get uh, the, these children into a restorative justice program instead of into the justice system where they are uh, criminalized, maybe you know we can help uh, stay some of this because this is a thirty-two billion dollar a year uh, industry we're talking about that affects all fifty United States. So I think I think people tend to think of it as just something that uh, yeah it's terrible, but it's it's not a pervasive problem. It is a pervasive problem. All right. Well, we have a call um, from Fairhope, Alabama. Ann has called in. Uh, go ahead, Ann. You're on illegal terms. 
Thank you. Um, I'd like to make a few points. Uh, I have been a volunteer advocate since 2010 with Redeem Ministry, Houston, Texas. We have a aftercare home for women that have been rest, um, brought to us through law enforcement primarily, where they can recover uh, from their trafficking. We do not deal with minors per se because of um, laws. So we focus on women 18 and over. As to the laws in the state of Mississippi, I am not familiar, but I don't know what the age of consent is. Um, if your state is still arresting young women under the age of 18, for prostitution and the legal age of consent is 18 there is no way they could be legally should be arrested for prostitution because they are not young i mean old enough to give consent so that would be one point i'd like to make i don't know what your age is secondly um demand is the issue there are always going to be more girls to uh fill the place of another girl that has gotten out of trafficking i have done um Intern, um, excuse me, internship work with Chicago with Cook County Sheriff's Department. Tom, um, I'm sorry, Chief Dart was the person who. I'm so sorry. I'm losing my train of thought. He was the person who asked Visa, American Express, and Mastercard to no longer allow their credit cards to be used on Backpage. So people that were trying to buy sex off of Backpage were no longer able to use those means of uh, commerce. That was one way to stop the demand. But I believe from research, you have to start with the young boys. And no longer is it acceptable for men to come of age by going with their father or their uncle to a spa or anywhere to engage in sex for hire because you're just teaching these boys that women can be bought, that they're not human, and they are not the same as their mother or their sister. So you have to start in a very young age to teach boys this is not acceptable to look at women in a separate identity from their loved ones. So those are the comments I'd like to make. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. We will uh, have a look at the find a website for Redeem Ministries of Houston. Um, we'll also look. Uh, there's uh, some organizations uh, that uh, Advocates for Freedom is a faith-based organization uh, dedicated to the exploitation, sale, and enslavement of men, women, and children. And uh, they provide resources and education and training to bring awareness about uh, human trafficking. And I understand that uh, Mississippi Catholics Against Human Trafficking also hosts uh, awareness presentations. Uh, thank you, and we appreciate your call today. Thank you. I, I think those are very important thing, uh, points. Yes, although the age of consent generally fall um, uh, above 16, so under 16 you would not be prosecuted. We have a big open um, gape, uh, open um, gap between 16 and 18, and those are some of the teenagers, um, particularly teenagers, that are quickly deemed to be runaways rather than um, those who might be um, victims of, of predatory um, um, actions from um, sex traffickers or human traffickers. Um, in addition, um, even um, under 16, where minors are supposed to be protected, we see that because of the failure of the um, um, 
uh, the, the agencies and, and just the backlog that we have in, in neighboring states um, in the foster care system, these children end up falling to the cracks or and end up um, being um, deemed as problem juvenile rather than and minors in need of protection. So that's a big gaping hole in, in, in protecting children. And I think the caller's um, last point is very important. Our major problem um, with human trafficking, why it keeps going, is that we must remember the overarching, overarching structure um, that allowed this to proliferate. And it is twofold. One, because slavery has, is something that we have been struggling with for um, centuries. Um, and um, if we need only remind ourselves the 13th Amendment prohibits slavery and needed to be enacted to prohibit slavery. So um, we have uh, culturally um, and globally gotten to the uh, uh, acceptance that there are some circumstances that justify using human bodies. And we, are, we have been in the process of undoing that. And of course, we are much enlightened and, 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 and abhor these practices and these practices are violation of um, local and international law. But the habit itself has been hard. Um, to eradicate. And the second is that um, there is an assumption that there are permitted use of women bodies and that some uses are consented to. So this this practice of using vulnerable bodies, women, children, is something we've been finding for millennia. And because it is so old, uh, sometimes we don't realize that we're accepting those uses when we see people in the street or when we notice in videos, documentaries, and we, we have to actually remind ourselves that we no longer want to accept it at any co- um, at, under any circumstances. Well, and two uh, separate but I, I just can't think of any other word other than horrifying facts uh, is the Mississippi uh, State Department of Health with their webpage. 92% of the human trafficking in 2017 in Mississippi was in the sex trade. And then also the average victim, the average victim of human trafficking is 12 years old. Yes. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. That it's... This is such an uncomfortable topic for me because I'm a, a visual person and I'll have mental pictures and it, it just breaks my heart. Um, we have to take one more break. Uh, we're going to come back for our last segment uh, after our uh, after we take this quick break. Um, if you have any uh, questions about what you can do, how, how you can help recognize, um, we would love for you to participate in our show. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email to legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is in Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 
Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Um, today we've had a, a show that we I felt it was imperative to get information out to people. So if you have missed any of our program, our topic today is on human trafficking. Uh, I would behoove you to go online uh, and it would behoove you to, to go online. Our website is mpbonline.org slash in legal terms uh, by about uh, later this afternoon it'll be available for you to listen to online uh, it's also will be available on our MPB media app um, you can also get it as a podcast uh, where, on whatever platform you use I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law and our expert guest today is Professor Michelle Alexandre we do have a call and we have an email uh, to to round out our show. So I'd like to go to uh, Winona. Uh, Dahl, you're on uh, In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Hi, dear. I would just like to ask if you have a list of organizations that we could donate to that are providing the needs for the people that are trying to escape such such a horrific, horrific crime. Well, I will certainly uh, do my best. I know the uh, Mississippi Attorney General's office has a pamphlet that you can uh, download off of the Internet. I'll have that link on our website. Um, and I also, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, um, Liz. I also wanted to um, tell the, uh, the caller about the Polaris Project. That is one of the major organizations tracking They're the this. first one on the list, so if Just you would go one. ahead and mention that, please. Yes, right. it's a pause, and it gives you really um, some uh, meaty facts about trafficking and how to help. Um, and they get about 90 calls a day from people reporting trafficking, so they, they do an important service. And, and this is the, one of the hotlines that Liz mentioned, and I'll go ahead and repeat it for people to write it down and put it on their phone. It's one eight 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 three seven three. 7888 1-888-373-7888 and I also wanted to mention that on campus we have an organization called All Walks A-L-L-W-A-L-K-S A-L-L-W-A-L-K-S and it is a new student organization that is exactly doing that um, going around um, raising awareness around trafficking in the state um, trying to push uh, for a campaign in the hope of, of getting the attention of legislators to get, get some more meaty um, protection for victims of trafficking um, and um, they are also working with the journalism department to, to bring some concrete awareness and so they are focusing on young people and if you want to lend their lend, lend um, hand to their um, uh, initiatives, that also will be great. Wonderful. Yesterday I emailed Senator Bob Deering and I asked him if he would, excuse me, if he would author a bill to get rid of the statute of limitations for child crimes, too. Those actions are, are, are exactly what we need. We need children not to be criminalized so that um, we are free to protect them. And um, what we found is that before we can protect them, before any attorney or any NGO can come in and, tell, and help tell their stories, what happened is that they, are, they get lost in the system and are sent right. to places where traffickers are easily find them because, it, you know, the, the atrocities they, they, they suffer uh, sometimes in the system are just 
just uh, bad or uh, as uh, as what they they encounter in trafficking. So they they feel like they are neglected and left for 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 dead in the system. So we need laws that decriminalize being children and 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 um, and, and and some of the bad things that happen to a child. Right. Also, a law that once someone is an adult, if they were violated as a, as a child, they can still prosecute as they're passing a law in Pennsylvania. Absolutely. We, um, um, removing the statute of limitation that can, so that we can go after adults that have hurt children. That's absolutely right. You have, thank you for your work. No, you have a blessed day. Thank you so very much for having this program. And uh, Dahl had asked about um, uh, some of the organizations combating human trafficking, and our professor, uh, Michelle Alexandre, mentioned the Polaris Project, and that is their website, polarisproject.org. And also Shared Hope International is an organization on the uh, Mississippi Attorney General's uh, website as someone who... uh, helps combat human trafficking. Their website is sharedhope.org. Last thing, uh, here's kind of a current event. I'm not sure if um, folks in Oxford know about it. There was an email. uh, It said that when I heard that ICE had raided the Japanese restaurants in Mississippi, uh, I thought they were hunting for undocumented Hispanic people. But then I heard they were rescuing Asians who had been trafficked. Uh, This uh, Karen from Green would wonders if uh, we knew what they did with the victims and who was using them. Well, it's just me now, Liz, and uh, I will make sure that Michelle gets this question. She had a class at 11 that she had to go teach, so we were lucky to have her while we had her. But um, I, I will check into that, and we can uh, get back to that uh, email uh, and and see if we uh, have further information. But I, can I just say one thing from a man's perspective is uh, we got to do better. I mean, I know that if, there's a, if, there, if you're out there listening and you've been involved and you've actually viewed child pornography uh, or you have uh, visited a prostitute. I mean, you're part of the problem uh, because you're paying into this economy that keeps uh, uh, this kind of trafficking going. That's right. And uh, we just uh, if if people like to look at things on their calendar, um, one of the the instigators for having this show was International Day for the Remembrance of the Slave Trade. And its abolition is August 23rd. Uh, Wow. This has done it uh, for this hour. Professor Gershon, we didn't let you chime in very much, but we always appreciate you being up there. My pleasure, and uh, just glad that um, Michelle was here. She's uh, fantastic. That's right. Our uh, guest was Professor Michelle Alexandre. Um, our call screener for today's show was Michelle McAdoo. Our board engineer in Jackson has been Jay White. And uh, uh, so for Professor Richard Gershon at the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedy show, uh, Relatively Speaking, with Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you'll enjoy you'll join us again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for in legal terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.